With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Here with the 176th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, What's in a Uniform? The Falcons announced Tuesday that they are going to have new uniforms in April. And uh, the fans are are pretty excited about it based on the internet. Uh, So we'll give up some thoughts on the uniforms here today. Uniforms, uh, you know, we'd much rather talk about blocking and tackling. We need, you know, that's football. But, hey, the fans these days, they get excited about the weirdest things, and the uniform is one of them. So uh, we'll share some thoughts on that. Look at the playoff connections. A uh, little dig a little deeper on the assistant coaches, the new assistant coaches, uh, Joe Witt Jr. and Tosh Lapoy. Uh, share some thoughts on Rasheed Hageman and look back at that draft to see if they you know missed on that. And then also uh, look at the uh, all-rookie teams that came out yesterday from the PFWA. But on to the uniforms. What I've heard, and uh, you know, uh, from the fans and paid attention to, I kind of you know don't get too caught up in the uniforms, don't discuss it much. You know, I'm, I'm much rather stay on the field with the activity there. But you know, uh, don't be basic. Give them a new uniform that's futuristic. You don't have to pay homage to the history. Uh, whenever they went to throwback uniforms, that didn't work out. Those are bad games. They never seemed to win in those um, throwback uniforms. So uh, I, I don't feel like you got to pay homage to history here. You have a chance to cut a new path and be futuristic in space and time. And, uh, you know, the the thing you hear about the white uniforms now, the all-whites, they're too bland, they're too basic. Uh, the roads are too basic, and, and you want um, to go in a different direction. That should be pretty easy since uh, they have not uh, updated the uniforms since 2003. I used to like the old blacks during the Vic era. Those were dope. I enjoyed those. A lot of people did. Um, apparently, uh, some people didn't cause they don't wear them anymore. So, uh, we'll see how this uniform situation unfolds, but they have a chance to be futuristic and move forward and cut a new design for the Atlanta Falcons in the uniform department. Uh, I say have a combat uniform. Everybody's combat uniforms look, looks, uh, pretty good. I don't care what college you went to, uh, the combat unis, um, Look great. I love the Memphis All Grays. Those were awesome. A lot of people had that. But we'll see how they do this. At least I'm, I'm asking for a combat uniform in addition to the road and away 
to take away those color splash uniforms, which were just hideous. And, uh, you know, they should be able to move away from them because they probably weren't selling that much anyway. But the underwriting theme or overriding theme here should be don't be basic. They've been working on this for two years, so I'm sure some of the best designers at Nike were were working on this. And uh, uh, we should see a new, we'll see the new uniform in April. I might even go write a story about a uniform. But no, we need to get our fashion writer to go and, and, and write about it. I don't need to be writing about uniforms. But if we don't have somebody available to do the fashion, part i will avail myself and jump at it and write the story as best i can so playoff connections that's enough about uniforms guy y'all Playoff connections, we got Shanahan and LaFleur uh, in the a- NFC game. We got Keith Carter coaching the line, and, man, his line is getting after it because uh, Derrick Henry's more folks down. He's getting yards because he's got a head of steam because his line is blowing people out the ball. Got to give Coach Carter some, some, some love for that. My man went for 186 and 195 in the playoffs, especially after the Ravens talked all that smack about how they were going to hit. Derrick Henry, but that's Keith Carter's work. He was at San Jose State uh, before coming to the Falcons. He's you know kind of famous. His uh, famous uh, relatives, Gino Marchetti, is uh, a relative. But Shanahan LaFleur deals a big one. They were both here in Atlanta in 15 and 16 on Coach Dan Quinn's staff. Uh, when Shanahan left, got that great deal with the Niners. Uh, you know, the LaFleur was here to have. But, you know, I, he, we wasn't ready. He just had a couple years in, in Notre Dame. He was a great talker, great, uh, a communicator. Love talking to him, but um, they didn't go with him. They went with Sarkeesian, who had, you know, the the troubled pass and had not only called plays or been in the league but one year. So, I mean, they could have took a gamble on the floor, uh, but they were in a bad spot with Shanahan leaving so late. Uh, you know, but, um, you know, now here it is, Matt, two years, three years later, went one year to the Rams, spent some time with Sean McVay, uh, Scott Kyle's system down, then went to Tennessee for a year and got a job. I don't think he was calling plays, but I won't get into the, uh, Eric B. Enemy situation. Everybody wants him to call plays, but Matt LaFleur wasn't calling up plays, and now he's the Green Bay Packers head coach. The wheel. Keep it moving here. Tevin Campbell, 49ers running back, doing good. Uh, former Falcon. Preston Smith, DN linebacker, outside linebacker from Mississippi State and Stevenson High. He's lighting it up. He was getting after it the other night. Of course, uh, Kansas City kicker Harrison Butker from Georgia Tech. Cam Irving. Chiefs lineman Moultrie. I didn't look at the play sheet to see if he's actually playing. Uh, but yeah, Cam is still in the league. Cole Quick counting. McCole Hartman, UGA, and Tariq Hill, West Alabama via Coffee High in Douglas, Georgia. So there are the playoff connections going into the championship games on Sunday. Now we want to, you know, we got the new coaches. Uh, wanted to take another look at them uh, a little deeper. Joe Witts, bio, he's 41, uh, from Auburn, Alabama. Dad is linebacker coach at Auburn. Um, he was a walk-on at Auburn, wide receiver. Eventually earned a scholarship, but then his injuries uh, took away his uh 
college career, and he started started in the coaching there right away. Uh, uh, Joe was one of the Falcons' 07 staff under Bobby Petrino, then went to Green Bay for 11 years and coached up there with us. It had Sam, Sam Shields, Tremont Williams, uh, Morgan Burnett was one of his guys, too, during that period. So, you know, Morgan from North Clayton, Georgia Tech, uh, one of his guys. So uh, he's got he's put in some good work, but some of their issues were uh, were the secondary up there with a with a Micah Hyde, and you know had to trade him, and you know that defense is, was the reason why they only had one Super Bowl during that period. So uh, that's what lot that's the you know a lot of the talk of Packer Nation. But he was there for that one and did do some work with a lot of good players. Cubs here with the fine reputation. Now the other coach is the younger NFL coach, Tosh Lapoy, um, from Walnut Creek, California. Played for the California Bears, uh, 2000 to 2005. He played football, so he you know he played college ball, big time college ball. And was a lineman, been in the trenches, so he knows what he's doing down there. But you know, he's coming over with a couple, couple things we like to discuss with him. He was a D line coach for Miles Garrett in the uh, swinging helmet episode with Mason Rudolph last season. I'm sure he has an interesting take on that. And then he was at Alabama for five years, where he. Um, you know, he left after one year as a D.C. And, you know, Mark, some of our people that covered the college game said Coach Saban was not really happy with that staff. Certainly wasn't happy with the 48, 44 points they gave up to Clemson in the national championship game. But his title is defensive line run game coordinator. He'll work with the ends. And a minor transaction this week, uh, kind of sad. When you, you see the guys that got potential and you're like, wow, if he could just work hard, if he can go hard the whole time and maximize it, you know, that will be a pretty good player. he have a good career, play 10 years in the league. <laughs> Rasheed Hageman was that guy. He, he, he didn't make it. He uh, was out of football for two years. They waived him. On Tuesday, they were trying to let him come back, and then that that just didn't work out. So, but I went back and looked at that 2014 draft, and it wasn't like they missed on much. Uh, one, uh, the first round D tackle was uh, Dominique Easley from Florida. Uh, then Rasheed went second. He was at 35th pick overall, D tackle. Then this is the one I was kind of thinking, well, maybe they should have picked Jernigan. Timmy Jernigan went to Baltimore 13 picks later, but, you know, he ended up in Philly. He was on the Super Bowl team, but you look at his um, uh, bio, and it's a year on, a year off, year on, a year off. You know, last year was his year off. Uh, so, you know, the big guys, I don't know, motivation, staying healthy, fighting in the trenches. It's just hard. It's just hard work. And so, Eco Ferguson, I don't know what happened to him, LSU, uh, second round, 51st. Coney Ely was the one I wrote down, second round, 60th pick, who, you know, almost won MVP in the Super Bowl, but he was a defensive end, 
And then there was Jay Bromley, the 74th pick that year. So, yeah, you know, you can probably can't, uh, you know, fought him for the Hageman pick, given what was behind him uh, in this draft. It wasn't a great, wasn't a great draft. So I can see uh, taking a flyer on the 6'4", or 6'6", 340-pound, 20-pound guy that could move like he could move. Uh, he only seemed interested in blocking kicks, though. Uh, I thought for a big guy, he spent too much time on the ground early in his career. But he was a starter in the Super Bowl for the Falcons, playing right next to Grady Jarrett and Dwight Freeney, and didn't stick out like a sore thumb. So uh, just got things got derailed with the uh, run-in with his, uh, his mother, mother of his son, and uh, he wasn't able to recover from that domestic situation. And is now likely out of the NFL. The other kid, Ox Gray, was on in the international program. Uh, early on, it was pretty clear he wasn't going to make it. He was a rugby player from over there. Just didn't fit the size uh, of an NFL tight end. But he got in some exhibition games and probably helps, you know, prolong some of the veterans' career. But, you know, so where they didn't have to play in the exhibition season. So, uh, Hegeman. Wish him the best. Don, Don Pampey, I believe he was at Breach, uh, the Bleacher Report at the time, did a great uh, piece on on uh, Rashid Hageman, or he might be at that new website that I don't talk about. All right. Um, lastly, the uh, all-rookie team. Of course, uh, Chris Listrom didn't make it. Neither did Caleb McGarry uh, this year. Uh, but Lindstrom, you know, he only played in five games, and uh, you know, it was only uh, 40, 40 snaps into the into the NFL when he broke his foot. So, you know, he he didn't put up the time. And uh, McGarry played the snaps, but um, you know, he he just gave up too many sacks. And uh, Tyus Howard from Houston and uh, Jawan Taylor from Jacksonville, they were the all rookie tackles. Uh, Taylor was taken right after McGarry. Now, time will tell on, on that. Uh, Cody Ford and some other uh, big tackles on the, on the board and whether who took the right tackle and so forth. But uh, time will tell on that. But McGarry's, you know, came out. I mean, it took me all at one call, phone call to find out that he was going to struggle against elite speed. And yeah, he did. He gave up 13 sacks. Uh, but also, Taylor wasn't, he, Taylor had a lot of issues with penalties in Jacksonville. So, I mean, that's what rookie tackles are going to do. They're doing this for the first time. And, uh, you're asking them to, you know, hold up against some of the best pass rushers in the game. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, uh, you know that's what they're working on in the off season, but yeah, Taylor was picked behind McGarry's the next tackle taken, so uh, he beat him out in the voting. So I mean, normally uh, the Falcons uh, in eighteen, Calvin Ridley made the All Rookie Team. Two thousand seventeen, Tack did not. McKinley, who's their first round pick, twenty six, didn't make it. Uh, in 16, Keanu Neal and Deion Jones both made it, the safety and the linebacker. Uh, in 15, Vic Beasley played with a torn labrum. He didn't make it. 
And then in 14, uh, I just went back six years. So four out of six years, the Falcons have been shut out on the all-rookie team or the last four of the last six years. Uh, 14, Jake Matthews didn't make it. He was beat out by Jawan James from North Gwinnett High and the Dolphins. And Taylor Dewan, who's been to more, been to Pro Bowls and so forth, went to Tennessee. Uh, they were both on the board at the same time. The Falcons weren't going to make a Matthews mistake again like they did picking Parade Jerry over Clay Matthews Jr. So they thought, took the better character player. And Jake was has gone to one Pro Bowl. So that's going to be it for us here in the 176th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Just to wrap it up, we talked about the new uniforms, the playoff connections, the new coach, the new coaches. And uh, we can't get out of here without saying a word to uh, about um, Mike Malarkey, one of the uh, uh, fine assistant coaches in the history of the team. But the other assistant coaches are new coaches, Joe Witt and uh, Tosh LaPoy. But Coach Mike retired on Friday, caught him on the road driving down in Jacksonville. Uh, he told me, yeah, the press release was it, D-Led. That was, uh, that was all me. That wasn't the made-up stuff. I, I want to go spend some time with my family. And, uh, you know, all of them are in the Jacksonville area for the first time. And so uh, they're all in one place for the first time in about 20 years. And he wants to go do that, spend some time with his wife, Bessie, do some traveling, do some fishing. He's not a big golfer. Uh, and I played with him in a couple of those old uh, hacks versus jocks uh uh, golf tournaments we used to have under Coach Smith, and uh, he was way better than me, but he, he thinks he's not that good. And But his sons like playing with him, and he likes playing with them, and so he's looking forward to that. So good luck to Coach Mike Malarkey in retirement. And with that, we're going to get on out of here. We also talked about Richard Higgeman. Alex Gray, and then the all-rookie situations for you here in the 176th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Looking forward to heading down to the Senior Bowl next week. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.